Welcome back to Custom.Radio. On today's episode, I will be talking to the founders of Custom.Dot, the talented and very hardworking scientists who started this company and are leading it today. Igor Nakonechny is the chief product officer and the one who aligns the internal R&D of Custom.Dot with customer needs. Willem Valravens is the chief technology officer in charge of leading Custom.Dot's technical development. And Kim Denolf is the company CEO, a title that needs no explanation. Together with their team, our three founders have made Custom.Dot what it is today, an advanced materials company that produces on-chip grade quantum dots. But also it assists customers in successfully integrating quantum dots into their products. And now we will hear from them how it all began a few years ago at the University of Ghent. Hi guys, and welcome to today's episode. I feel like this should have been definitely one of the first episodes, right? Since you are the founders of Custom.Dot and that's what uh, we're here to talk about. So I'd like to start by asking you, obviously, to talk about the company. So Kim, can you tell us a little bit about Custom.Dot and what your mission, vision, goals for the future are? Yes, of course. Custom.Dot aims to accelerate quantum dot innovation and create value for basically anyone. It's our mission to help companies enable color in their products. And for that, we go from ideation and design all the way to volume production of a customized ink or quantum dot ink that then can be used for applying it on uh, micro LEDs basically. Okay, and we'll get more into that uh, later as well, into the technology and exactly how you guys do this. But I want to ask you first about your team. I know you have a great team behind everything you're doing, but I also know you're looking to maybe hire a few more people, add a few more great people to this team. So can one of you please tell me more about this? Who is there, who is not yet there, but you'd love to have on your team? Yeah, a strong team. It's very important, obviously, for success of a startup. And in that sense, we're very lucky to have a strong and motivated technical team, but also an experienced board of directors that is very supportive towards us. And so that is actually also then topped off with several advisors from different backgrounds. So some with a bit more industrial point of view, others from a, an academic point of view. And so this whole mix of people really helps us to define a, a successful strategy. A strategy is sustainable as well. So that's, in the end, our startup can be a success in our fields. That's the ultimate goal, of course. In terms of our technical team, this has then grown from us, the three founders, to now a team of 15 people. And that's quite an interesting growth phase because when you start with a small group of people, adding another person really has a large impact on, on the team and also on the company then. And it really creates a lot of, let's say, interesting dynamics, which was for all of us very interesting to observe and to learn from. Uh, so that's a really cool stage of the company. We also chose to grow to this kind of size deliberately because opposite to, let's say, fabulous companies or startups more with a software orientation, we really work in an advanced materials field. So it's kind of a hardware field. So a certain team size really helps in getting enough progress and, and really get products and the technology to a stage that then can enter the market. There are a lot of benefits in this, the size of the team that we have. The people in our technical team, they do have different areas of expertise. A lot of emphasis, of course, is on quantum dot synthesis and on the surface chemistry expertise. But we're also expanding now our know-how 
more in the field of inks and photoresist formulations to be able to help our customers better on that front. Important note here is that then it's not only about specific expertise, but also a lot of emphasis is on willingness to learn new things, for example, because we have kind of a certain process flow in our company, but given the size, so we're not that big, it doesn't make sense to have different silos or divisions where then people can only work or contribute to a specific part of that process. We believe it's very important that everyone that enters the company really understands the full process flow very well in a way that they can contribute to any part of it, basically. But then with the, let's say the glasses from their own background, with their own perspective, with that purpose, the, this willingness to learn and to contribute is really a key part of our team. It really trumps your, your um, expertise because you learn a lot from that and you kind of generate your new expertise in that way. At the moment, that's how our team is in general. We have now a very strong emphasis on technical team, on technology backgrounds, scientific backgrounds. In future, additions will more likely take some more business perspective as well to really strengthen that, that link toward the market and really to accelerate it as well so that technology and business can really be merged in, in one team, basically. And I think that's the story of many science-based uh, startups is that obviously you had to start with a very strong team on the product side, right? And only later on, or slightly later on, think about the business development, with the marketing part, uh, how to sell the product. It's not necessarily the story of all startups, but I think it tends to be the story of successful startups in this field. And a first sign that you're successful and that you will hopefully, and I'm pretty sure that's going to happen, be more successful, is that you've already received some funding. And that's great validation for a company of your age and in this very competitive field. Can you tell me a bit about the funding you've received? Who is backing you up at the moment and how difficult was it to convince them to do so? Yeah, I can uh, I can definitely answer that. We did uh, receive funding at the, the beginning of the, the, let's say, at the launch of the company. Before we started Custom.Officially, we were incubating at uh, Ghent University. And that was the ideal time to start looking for funding. We did that pretty early on, I would say. We came into contact with our first investors in the fall of 2018, I think. And this really helped us to shape our business in terms of focus, in terms of business model. The investors were at a certain point convinced and in the end we partnered with uh, three VC funds to launch the company, Cubic, an inter-university venture capital fund, PMV, a fund connected to the Flemish government, and Vigo Ventures, a Polish fund which is focused on photonics. In total we uh, gathered uh, 3.6 million euros of funding. Which will allow you now to grow the team and I guess to, to go for, for the next round. This is a big achievement. I know from what feels like a past lifetime before my, my maternity leave, when I was working with a lot of startups in the field, that it's not every day that uh, this kind of money is raised in the beginning and that a lot of investors find it difficult to, to bet on startups in this field, maybe because they themselves don't have the necessary 
scientific knowledge to really know if this product is viable or not. And because these markets are really hard to tap into. So it's a great achievement. And while that sounds like a lot of money, I'm guessing that'll only take you so far. And then you will need to raise another round. Is that already happening or is that a distant plan? Yeah, so thank you for the compliment. And uh, yeah, indeed, uh, we have achieved quite a lot with this fund. We grew a full team. We have infrastructure, a full development lab and gained our first customers. But now we are actually fundraising again. We're starting this uh, this fundraising round now, and we are definitely looking for new investors to add to our uh, current investors. Well, let's hope some of them are listening to this yeah. episode and then they can reach out to, to you guys. Definitely. One of the things I, I know about you is that you work in an agile way. Uh, when I first heard this, I found it very interesting because that's something I would normally associate with software startups, right? Because there it seems easier in, in a sense to iterate and then go back to the drawing board if something doesn't work out. When you think of science and lab work, it feels like that might be more, more difficult in a way, but maybe that's just a, a non-scientific opinion on the matter. Maybe you can tell me a bit how you work in an agile way, how you focus on iterating, and how does this translate into your daily work at CustomDot? Yeah, at some point, we actually realized that we cannot continue doing research as we did at the university lab. And we started to think how we could actually arrange that. I was always interested in Agile and Lean. Uh, I read some books and articles about it, like uh, a Lean Startup by uh, Eric Ries. It's a book I would recommend definitely to any uh, startup founder. And we thought, why can't we implement something similar into R&D? And we started to iterate on this idea. It turned out to be a bit more difficult than we thought before, of course, but anyhow, we uh, looked deeper into Scrum and we began to, to implement it. So the core Agile principle for us is to be able to iterate fast and to have a short feedback loop. Our sprints are three weeks long, maybe the shortest it can be in a chemical R&D environment. At the same time, we don't want to lose a long perspective as we also have what we call chapters that are basically quarters. So with this structure, we can change directions if needed. And at the same time, we can either go deeper or zoom out on a regular basis without losing too much time. Basically, every sprint, we can change direction quite quite a lot. There's still a lot of long way for us to use Scrum as it is actually designed to be used. But I really believe that it's more of a path rather than an end point. Uh, you, you're always uh, moving towards the ideal scenario, let's say. So we want our tech team during as much as practical. We want the team to be efficient. Uh, we also want uh, our team to be able to focus on a specific project at a time, but at the same time to be able to zoom out to explore new things and uh, understand better new principles when it's needed. What it means then for the daily life. Uh, so we start our day with a stand-up meeting where we check in, uh, everyone check in either from the work uh, to, from way to the, to the lab or from home uh, even, or from the lab. And we go to a standard list of questions, which kickstarts our day. And then every week we have a short uh, backlog refinement sessions where we plan the work uh, for the next week a bit more in detail. Once in three weeks, we have then a bit more classical sprint meeting that includes elaborate review and retrospective session, as well as, again, a backlog refinement session and then some planning. And then once in three months, we have then a longer what we call a chapter transition week. 
you can think of it as kind of a retreat where we elaborately discuss the results of the last three months. Then we spend a great deal of time of thinking about future experiments, brainstorming, and then planning. That sounds pretty good. When I think about a retreat, I think about rest and definitely not as much work as, as you just mentioned. That is really impressive. And I think it's impressive that you've managed to transition also in in terms of mindset from the way academia works to really the way a fast-paced agile startup works. Which they're quite different worlds, not saying anything bad about academia, but it's it doesn't work in this way, right? The sprint, as far as I know, is not, it's not a common uh, approach there. Yeah, we really thought, okay, we cannot just do that approach. We cannot just uh, close the doors of our lab and to work on something for a year without getting feedback from the outside world, without trying to see if what we have developed so far is useful. And that's where Scrum is actually very important. After each short period of time, we can get something that we can get feedback on, and then we can see whether we should go in this direction or we should actually change it slightly. It is much more difficult in our D environment, of course. But so far, it still works. Yeah. And I suppose you also cannot afford that, right? You cannot afford once you have investors on board who are also probably yeah. asking you on a regular basis, how are things going? You probably can't afford to say, no, we're just going to close our lab doors for a year now and talk to you later. I would like to go a little bit back in time to the beginnings of this technology, because still the core of your company, or at least the very important part of this core, is the technology itself. Can you tell me how it was first developed and how it progressed to where it is now? Yeah, sure. So this technology was initially developed at the University of Ghent by a couple of people, a small team, under the lead of Professor Zeger Hans. Um, so Michael Tessier, Dorian Dupont, they were really involved in this first project to reach phosphide-based quantum dots with very good optical properties. At the moment, the application was not very refined. Like it, it would be something with color conversion, something with highly efficient emitters. But the exact how and what it would be used for, of course, at that stage, it's not always 100% clear. They started working and, and really in the end laid the foundation of the work that we're still doing today, actually. Uh, so a lot of gratitude, of course, goes to those people. This foundational research also was solidified in a set of patents, which then already kind of starts building on a, a starting track for a business, actually. And so initially this technology was around synthetic methods to make these materials in a bit uh, different ways, leading to high quality materials. This then progressed towards more application oriented experiments where actually we found out that these materials are quite stable. And that was something that was not seen anywhere in the market. The materials that were available were always cadmium based, which are very toxic, very dangerous to use actually. But these new materials, they were just not well developed at that moment. Um, and this initial work was very important to actually show to people at that moment, mainly research communities, but in the broader sense, the markets that, that this is about color conversion, that actually in your phosphate based materials are a, a real candidate for consumer products. So that was the initial work that then in the end led to some proof of concept results that really show a track towards a, a product. A very early stage, of course. So that's then where custom dot got, got incubated and founded to then start to really uh, fast track the valorization of that technology. At that stage, what you then get, of course, you, you actually enter the markets in some way. So technology, having good technology is great. 
but in the end, you want to have a product that can be used by people in the industry. And so you can have a good technology without a product in the end that doesn't really give any benefits. That's really a big challenge or a big task. Big part of the work that we do here in the company is really align our technology and basically our product towards what the market actually needs. That's where Igor and I work very closely together to align these things, to understand what the market needs and then how we can actually implement this technology, which is very good, but into a product that people can use. And that's then where, of course, a lot of interest is. That's where at the moment there's actually a gap in the markets, having a product based on new phosphide based quantum knots that then delivers on some of the specs for the applications that we're after. And so that's a bit in a nutshell. Uh, how it all began <laughs> yeah, and, and where you're at now. So we also discussed this in the previous episode. We got into the applications, the uses for quantum dots. It's not necessarily super obvious. Okay, we have the technology. Here's where it goes. Easy. And I guess that's the case with many of these new and somewhat complicated technologies that you have a solution, but you're not quite clear on what the problem is that this solution is is fixing. And that's the hard part, apart from technology, which is also the hard part, but that's the other hard part in finding the market fit. And that's, I guess, where business developers come in and all the other people in your company that support you on the growth side. So if I can actually build on that, it's First. it's true what you say. So in the end, you're looking for a problem solution fit. And we always start with an assumption. We have a solution for a certain problem, but then by actually interacting a lot with industry by iterating using our agile method, step by step, we understand more of the problem or we see different facets of the problem. And so we try to adapt very quickly or in a good way, at least our solution. And so at the moment, the solution we bring is already very different from the solution that we were having uh, one or two years ago. Those dynamics is really what makes it very interesting to, to keep doing that. That's probably part of the reason why you are successful already because you understand that there's a need to do that. I remember talking to other founders and sometimes the perspective was, well, we know we have a very good technology that works very well. Now it's up to the world to figure out how they're going to use it. And the world doesn't really care unless you tell them <laughs> how they should use it. And that leads me actually to my next question, because you rely a lot on customer feedback. You already mentioned that a bit. How exactly do you integrate customer feedback on a regular basis at your product development? So we actually were very lucky, if I now think about it, to get into contact with uh, actual uh, potential customers and the industry very early uh, while we are still incubated within the university. And we started to receive feedback uh, from them, actually. It's really critical and very often overlooked by startups to receive real honest feedback as early as possible and then build your product based on that, not on your assumptions. However you think they are true, in the end, when they have a contact with real world, they just change it to something different. How we are trying to implement that, it comes back to our Scrum methodology. Still something we are working on, of course. We are not fully there yet, but the idea is that at the end of every chapter, we get some kind of a demonstrator that we can show to our partners and get feedback on. Till today, it was typically more of kind of a data set. But we are working on it to become actual physical demonstrators, which for us might mean a quantum dot pattern on glass, for example. At some point, it should become quantum dot pattern on a silicon wafer. Eventually, an actual color converted micro LED display that we can then characterize fully 
at the end of each chapter and then present to our partners and see what they think about it and where we could improve first, second, and, and so on. The first customer feedback that we actually got was uh, was through Admacom. So this is actually a nice anecdote oh, yeah. to, to tell because that's also where we met you, Antonia. So uh, Admacom was very, very useful Absolutely. for us. And do you remember what, what that was? What kind of feedback? Oh, we that? got the... Well, we, we've got into contact with one uh, long-term partner for, for, or someone who was quite a long-term partner after that. At the same time, uh, while we were incubated at the University of Ghent, the business developer, or it's called IOF, uh, this business developer, it's a specific people that help promising future startups to get started. Eva uh, Rikebur, she also helped to bring us in, in contact with quite some industry relevant people through Epic. It's a European Photonics Industry Consortium, a really great network, which we are proud to be members of. It's amazing how, how they bring European Photonics-related startups together. Yeah, not just startups, right? Anyone in the Photonics world, oh, yeah. I think, should be part Anyone of Photonics world, yeah. yes. <laughs> so building on that, these kind of networks are, are really important for companies in general, but then specifically for startups, because it, it really enables you to meet a lot of like-minded people or people facing similar challenges or, or bringing different perspectives to what you think you're doing. That really helps in growth of a, a company. Yep. That see. together with uh, with industry events like uh, Display Week or Community Forum, yeah. those kind of events also link you with the right kind of people, the people that are really interested in your technology. Yeah, because I can imagine it can be quite uh, difficult on so many levels when you realize that you have a technology that could be turned into a product that could be useful, but you are, first of all, maybe not very experienced in the in the startup world or never having maybe been part of the large corporation that could be your customer in the future. So it's, it's a difficult world to navigate. And on top of that, you still have to develop the technology fully and adapt it all the time to what your customers may need. So guys have a lot on your plate so i'm saying yeah but that would be really my advice you find the right network for you or a relevant industry co a conference in your field and then just go there and just talk to people and don't be afraid no one will eat you <laughs> most likely no one will eat you it hasn't happened yet at any <laughs> industry event that we've heard of so guys, just to wrap this up, because we talked about customer feedback and iteration and how you work with your customers, I want to ask you, there are not that many startups working on this technology, but there are a few. What would you say is your differentiator, is your one thing that really sets you apart? What one thing that you think, well, if we had to be remembered for one thing, it's this one. I remember from when I first met you, the cadmium free part, but I don't know if that's still you're a big differentiator now or you've pivoted into a, a new one? Yeah, so the cadmium-free part is very, very important, but it's definitely not what differentiates us at this point. I mean, a lot of companies actually work with cadmium-free particles now. The main part is still to get them stable enough, so photostable and thermally stable, to be used in these very, very challenging applications like micro-LEDs. In the micro LED field, you need to use extremely thin layers that absorb all the light and then also efficiently convert it to the color that you want. And then that needs to be stable in time. And it's actually that whole package 
that we are trying to reach and trying to offer to the customers. So it's not just one thing. It's really all of it together, because if you would have very good efficiency separate from the stability, or if you would have stability, but too little absorption, then it's not worth a lot in these very challenging applications. And Custom Dot is really trying to push the boundaries of the Quantum Dot technology at this point. So Custom Dot is the full package. This is what we should remember. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so what we also see, what is now lacking in the market, or what the market is looking for, is really much more reliable in your falsify-based Quantum Dot, specifically for these applications in microalgae, for example. And that's really where we focus on and where we really put our efforts in together with our, our team and our flexibility in our research and our operation that we really want to make a difference and can make a difference. Indeed, that was also heard from the industry feedback, actually, that we received that not a lot of companies help the companies to develop this quantum dot application because it's not always so straightforward to apply the quantum dots in the right way to have the perfect absorption, to have the perfect thickness, the perfect patterning, and so on and so on. It's a really important part of what we do, and uh, our partners really value that. Yeah, it makes perfect sense that you would work then hand-in-hand with them as opposed to seeing yourself as a material provider. These are not the kind of materials, I guess, that you can just bottle up and send to someone and say, you figure it out, how are you going to use that? Guys, thank you so much for today's conversation. I definitely learned a lot. I learned how a startup like yours can work in an agile way, which is new to me. And I understand a bit better how the technology started and how you've now turned it into a successful company. Let's remind everyone that you are fundraising, that you are looking for your next investors so they can reach out to you, I suppose, on LinkedIn. Or what is the easiest way for people to contact you if they hear this episode? What would you guys prefer? Yeah, LinkedIn is fine or um, info at custom.com is the email address where you reach all three of us together. Or they can call uh, Kim on on her private cell phone. (laughs) Which we will put in the show notes. We also have a a contact form. (laughs) Please don't use contact form on our website. It doesn't work. (laughs) Just use the email address. All right, guys, any final thoughts? Anything else you'd like people to know about your company before we, we wrap this up? To add on our technical team, we are actually also hiring. We are particularly interested in uh, expanding our uh, capabilities in uh, ink formulation, which goes beyond inks for inkjet printing, which also involves photoresist formulation, uh, coating, curing, either with UV or with temperature. So if you know about these techniques and you're listening to this now and you're willing to, to join our company and to move to Ghent, definitely drop us an email. I would love to, to talk to you uh, in the first interview. And we're not only hiring technical people, but we're also hiring a business developer. So somebody that can uh, strengthen our team with some more business insights, who knows the market a bit, who understands the kind of contracts that we want to uh, want to reach. So yeah, we're definitely also looking for, for somebody like that. So you can always contact us if you are interested in that position as well. And then move to the beautiful city of Ghent and work with with Custom Dot. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you very much. And have a great rest of your day and weekend. And talk to you soon.
Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Custom.Radio. Next up, we'll learn more about the agile methodology Custom.Dot uses with a leading expert in the field. This really is one episode you don't want to miss, especially if you want to learn how to make your teams work more efficient and how Scrum and Agile methodology work in an R&D environment. Until next time.